Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Numbers. Now, last time we read Numbers chapter 29. That was about the offerings of the seventh month, different things like that. There were actually a lot of offerings mentioned. Now we're ready to read Numbers chapter 30. This is going to be about the law of vows. I am reading in the Amplified Bible. Then Moses spoke to the leaders of the tribes of the Israelites, saying, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. If a man makes a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself with a pledge of abstinence, he shall not break, violate, profane his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Do you want to make a note? It says here with a pledge, and they say of abstinence. And while they did have such pledges, I don't know that all vows would necessarily be a vow of abstinence. You could be making another type of vow with your neighbor. So I just wanted to mention that. This this seems to make it very specific. I'm not sure that it was intended to be that specific. So also, if a woman makes a vow to the Lord and binds herself by a pledge of abstinence while living in her father's house in her youth, and her father hears her vow and her pledge by which she has bound herself, and he offers no objection, then all her vows shall stand, and every pledge by which she has bound herself shall stand. But if her father disapproves of her making her vow on the day that he hears about it, none of her vows or her pledges by which she has bound herself shall stand. And the Lord will forgive her, because her father has disapproved of her making the vow. This really makes good sense, especially when you think about it as far as the woman, in this sense, would probably still be um, a minor. The woman would probably still be a minor, be living in her father's house, it says in her youth. We can't hold minors responsible for adult decisions. They're just not ready for that. That's something that we see the world struggling with today and honestly just failing. But <laughs> beside the point, this is, this is God saying, look, she's a minor. She's still in her father's care. She's still living in his household. And if he disapproves of this vow, then we're not going to hold her to it. And if you think about that, that is a form of forgiveness and grace that is, that is very good. You know, all minors need that. But if she marries while under her vows, or if she has bound herself by a rash statement, see, this again implies that this is not just a vow or a pledge of abstinence. It is a vow or a promise or almost like a contract of some kind. So... Here he's cautioning, God is always cautioning us to not bind ourselves with rash statements, okay? So let's go back to that again. But if she marries while under her vows, or if she has bound herself by a rash statement, and her husband hears of it and says nothing about it on the day he hears it, then her vows shall stand and her pledge by which she bound herself shall stand. But if her husband disapproves of her making her vow or pledge on the day that he hears of it, then he shall annul her vow which she is under and the rash statement of her lips by which she bound herself, and the Lord will forgive her. Again, 
a man and a woman married. Notice says if she's married, you're one flesh. One of you cannot make a vow that does not affect the other. So you both need to make sure you're in agreement. And in God's plan, the husband would be would have the final say. We don't know in particular what this vow might be about. It could be any number of different things. But if my wife makes a binding vow with someone, a contract, well, I'm going to be responsible for that too. Now, we in this day and age, we're both adults. We would not override each other like that. However, in those days, this was a different time and this was a different situation. Again, the husband would have had the final say in anything, especially in binding contracts, which is really what we're getting at. These are pledges and vows that would be binding that you would have to fulfill. And for most of those types of things, even today, if my wife goes on some sort of loan or debt, you know, if she goes into some agreement like that, well, I'm going to be the second in line to pay it off if she doesn't pay it off. And really, in our household, I'm going to be paying it off. That's this is just the way it is. That's fine. I have no problem with that. And my wife, I totally trust her. There's no problem there. But that is, you know, that could be an issue. And someone does, in, in everything, someone does have to have the final say. Now, if you're a single person, you are always the final say, and that's fine. But when you get married, you know, you've got to weigh these things out. Some things, I think my wife knows better, and I kind of let her have that, that final say about those things. But then there's some things that I know better. And I have the final say in those things because I'm like, mm, you know, I, I know. So it, it varies. And, and sometimes there could, you could have little disputes in your, in your marriage about things like that. You've got to decide which way you're going to go. At the end of the day, though, you've got to have some trust and belief in each other. And you've got to know each other and know, you know, who's the stronger in this area and who's stronger in that area. And you've got to kind of work those things out between you. I didn't mean to get into a whole marriage thing. Let's let's move on from here. Um, this is just another example, though, of the Lord's grace when people make sometimes rash statements and decisions. You'll notice so far here, the man does not get this option. The man had better not be running his mouth rashly and creating contracts and pledges he can't fulfill right. <laughs> okay. But the vow of a widow or of a divorced woman, everything by which she has bound herself, shall stand against her. However, if she vowed in her husband's house or bound herself by a pledge with an oath, and her husband heard it, but said nothing to her and did not disapprove of her making the vow, then all her vows and every pledge by which she bound herself shall stand. But if her husband absolutely annuls them on the day he heard them, see, he wouldn't necessarily know about them, but when he finds out about them, if he annuls them, you know, that's what counts. Then whatever proceeds from her lips concerning her vows or concerning her pledge shall not stand. Her husband has annulled them and the Lord will forgive her. This is actually a good thing. This is not a bad thing. It may sound bad and controlling to some people, but the way this is intended is intended in a good way. Two people 
can't run around making contracts and pledges without each other knowing it and really be one flesh and one family and really be expected to um, get through life that way. It's going to be very chaotic and you're never going to know what's coming and going. It, it would just be a mess. Every vow and every binding oath to humble herself, her husband may confirm it or her husband may annul it. But if her husband says nothing to her concerning the matter, from the day to day when he confirms all her vows or all her pledges which are on her, he has confirmed them because he said nothing to her on the day he heard them. But if he indeed nullifies them after he hears of them, then he shall be responsible for and bear her guilt for breaking her promise. So in other words, if the husband does not break it, he too shall be responsible for her breaking. That goes back to that where when we get married in a, in a very spiritual sense and really in a very legal sense in our country, we're one. We are, we are combining ourselves together. We are coming together as one, one unit, two married people together as one unit. We are making ourselves one. We're joining ourselves to each other. These are the statutes which the Lord commanded Moses between a man and his wife and between a father and his daughter while she is a youth in her father's house. So that is the end of chapter 30, a rather short chapter. The law of vows is what the heading is here on uh, my Bible, my Amplified Bible. But I think it's very interesting that you'll see that the man does not get this forgiveness and the man you could say well no one can nullify the man's vow that's true that puts a lot more responsibility on the man the man really has to be the man he has to not be rash he has to really think things through the final responsibility does rest with the husband you may not like to hear that nowadays you may not like to think about it that way and when you're in your father's house when you're living in your father's house whether you're technically a minor or not, really, if you're still living in your parent's house, you're basically still a minor. Your father is the final say. He's the final authority. And then your mother. Your mother would be, would have almost exactly the same authority. I mean, there's very little, but little difference. Occasionally, though, if there was a dispute, the father would be the final authority. And that's the way it's supposed to be. It's not just a tradition. It is a it is a godly and Christian statute. And in this case, you'll notice, like I said, the man really has the ultimate responsibility, not just authority. Okay, let's forget that word for a minute. Let's look at responsibility. He is responsible for his vows and his wife's vows. And having been a husband who has paid off a lot of different things for my, my wife in the past, yeah, I'm ultimately the one that's responsible. And that's the way it should be. There's nothing wrong with that. So I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.